this feeling of like my blood cooling down from my head all the way down up to my knees, right? It kind of got to my knees and it just stopped there. But all of like my blood that was like really heating up and really just stagnant and just not moving and all this energy in my body that was just kind of stuck and stagnant and this fogginess that I had in my head, it all just kind of calmed down and stopped at my knees. And all of a sudden, I felt so much better. See, the way that I was raised and the conventional wisdom when it comes to things like disease, physical illness, physical health, was always that these things are biological manifestations, these things are physical symptoms, and they have physical, biological, chemical causes. And that's what my thinking was up until around about 2015, 2016, when I discovered the idea of trapped emotions, in the body that they can lead to health issues, they can lead to ailments. And that was a little bit of a turning point for me, but the major turning point for me really came in the summer of 2019. Like that's when it had the most profound impact on me and I had the most profound realization about it, I would say. So I'll tell you basically what happened in the summer of 2019. So it had been hot the, the entire summer, right? So June, July, August, they were all really hot. And I had booked a couple of days away in a place called Exmoor for me and my wife, right? Just at like a farm hotel thing. So Exmoor is about, I think it's 180 odd miles from London. It's a good three and a half hour drive without stopping. And if you're stopping and if there's traffic, that can easily turn into four or five hours, right? Especially if there's like roadworks, traffic, obstructions, those kind of things, that can easily turn into five hours, as was the case for us. It was a five hour journey. But I'd booked this thing as a birthday present for my wife for basically August of 2019. We were due to drive out on the Monday. Come Thursday or Friday, I became quite ill, right? I got this flu. This is obviously pre-pandemic, pre-COVID. But I got the flu. You know, my nose was dribbling. Sorry for a little bit too much information, but my nose was running. I was just really foggy in my head. I was struggling to speak. I just didn't want to speak. I couldn't think. I couldn't walk more than about 20 meters without feeling like really exhausted and really fatigued and my blood just felt like it was on fire. And the thing that really got me was I couldn't understand why in late summer I am dealing with flu symptoms, right? Flu is supposed to be something that you get in winter and especially if there's you know some sort of virus or something that's going around, that's when you're supposed to get the flu. And nobody else in the house was ill. People had come to visit, I'd gone to see a few other people. Nobody else was struggling with cold symptoms, it was just me. So it was a really bizarre one. And on the Saturday, so this is two days before we were due to drive out to Exmoor, we had been invited to a barbecue. And I basically said, look, I'm, I'm not going to go. Uh, I said to my wife, you go with, with your parents. I'm not going to go because I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't good company. I was in a very groggy mood. I was very fatigued. And so she went on her own. And I had been taught about a month or two before a technique for releasing trauma from the body, which uses the Istighfar-related names of Allah, like Yagafur, Yagafar, the forgiver, the partner, etc. The different kind of names of Allah that are to do with forgiveness. So I'd been taught this technique, which is rooted, actually, believe it or not, it is very much rooted in the Quran and Sunnah. So there's references in the Quran about when Musa Islam was taught to put his hands on his shoulders when he experienced anxiety and things like that, right? So across his chest, I believe it was supposed to be like this. So this is a technique that I'd been taught that you do certain istighfars and you do certain movements with your hands and your body. So I'd been taught this, but I just didn't put a lot of weight into it, right? I didn't put too much into it. I tried it. It did a little couple of things for me before, but I didn't think much about it. But this day I decided to try it 
and I'm just sat there and I'm going through this technique and all of a sudden I remember from when I was young because this technique it brings up events in your life that may have caused you trauma so it's about letting those go right it's about having the best opinion of Allah in that moment like going back to that event in your life and having the best opinion of Allah in that moment and learning something from that event so that you can reframe that event in your mind so to speak that's what releases the trauma right and so I did this istighfar I remembered an event from when I was really young when I was about seven years old and I remember that I was sat in the house I wasn't feeling particularly well at that time my dad was doing nights so he used to leave in the evenings and I remember just feeling really anxious about him leaving in the evening so seven or eight o'clock at night I was only young I was only six or seven so it was you know odd for me to not have my father in the house when I'm at night to kind of look after me and protect me it's kind of what goes through a child's mind and I remember doing these thick fires and thinking to myself how can I let this painful memory go Right, for me that was a painful memory. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a really big deal, but for me it was a bit of a painful memory. You know, I thought, well, at least my dad was out and he was protecting us and he was providing for us and he was going to come back home in the morning anyway and everything is fine and my mom's there and nothing bad actually happened anyway, even when he was out. So I've got nothing to worry about. So I kind of went to that moment in time from when I was seven years old and told myself that everything's okay. I've got nothing to worry about. And back to me in 2019, what happened to me physically was just phenomenal. I immediately got this. Before we continue on this video, I just want to invite you to my Discord community. Look, the world has changed and it is changing still. And on my Discord, which is a simple mobile app that you can use, you can stay in touch with other like-minded people like me who are staying informed of the things that are happening around the world that are going to affect our daily lives very, very soon. So come and join me on my Discord community and let's grow together and let's navigate this changing world order together this feeling of like my blood cooling down from my head all the way down up to my knees, right? It kind of got to my knees and it just stopped there. But all of like my blood that was like really heating up and really just stagnant and just not moving and all this energy in my body that was just kind of stuck and stagnant and this fogginess that I had in my head, it all just kind of calmed down and stopped at my knees. And all of a sudden, I felt so much better in the moment. Like I could actually speak again, I could talk again, I was feeling perfectly fine. And all of a sudden I decided, you know what, I'm actually going to go down to this barbecue. So I, had, I still had my car, I jumped in the car, went down to the barbecue and had a really decent time. I told a couple of people there that, you know, I was feeling really ill and I did some mixed farts. And I'm feeling better now, I told my wife. And I kind of just got this blank look, like, what do you mean? But I felt quite a bit better, I was really happy about it. This kind of stagnation of energy was kind of stuck at my knees. So I was still feeling weak below my knees down to my feet. So I wasn't feeling 100%. And when we got home that evening, my wife actually said to me, look, you know, why don't we cancel this trip on Monday? You're clearly in no state to drive five hours there. And then, you know, we can probably do a little bit of trekking and things. It doesn't seem like you're going to be in the state to be able to do any of this. And even though she really wanted to do this, and even though I really wanted to do this, I was initially thinking to myself on the Friday, maybe I should just call it quits because I really wasn't feeling up to it at all. But all of a sudden now, after having done this exercise, I felt like, no, I can definitely do this. And I said, no, we're going to do this. We're going to go. So she was really surprised by that because, you know, normally, as is the criticism with a lot of men as well, you know, that when they get the flu or the cold, they just become completely useless. That's probably kind of like how she was feeling that I was going to be like, because I was feeling that way anyway. But after doing this exercise, I wasn't feeling that way. I was actually feeling pretty good. She was quite surprised by that. But anyway, we decided that we were still going to go. Sunday, I thought, okay, let me see if I can do something with what's going on with the bottom, with my knees and below. So I did some more stick fires. A very similar memory came up from around the same time. 
to do with my father, to do with what was going on in this house. Just me being feeling vulnerable that my dad's not in the house just because he's working nights. Went through the istighfar process, took myself into telling myself that everything's okay, everything's fine. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, whatever this stagnation was in my knees and below, it disappeared. And I felt perfectly fine. So Monday morning, oddly enough, what happened was I was actually coughing quite a bit and my nose actually started to run quite a bit more. And my wife was still looking at me thinking, are you sure you want to do this? And I said, you know, even though physically I don't seem okay, I said, inwardly, I'm actually fine. So we drove down to Exmoor and lo and behold, it took us like five hours to get there. We got there and I was still coughing and splurting. And we got into the accommodation, got into the hotel room and they'd left out like some cake and some tea for us, right? Now, if anybody knows me, they know that I'm very much against caffeine. I'm very much against sugar. Like it, it's no good for me. And whenever I take sugar, I get much worse. I generally don't get that many cravings and I generally don't take an interest in, you know, those kind of things, especially from a holiday because I'm trying to look after my health. And I don't know, but some part of me felt like I should have the cake that is going to be good for me. So I started eating the cake, started having the tea. And the more sugar that I actually had, and this is where it's going to sound really ironic, the better I started to feel. And the more tea I had, the better I actually started to feel. So all the things that normally for me are vices, sugary things, caffeinated stuff, those things actually started to make me feel better. Even my wife was surprised that I was indulging in this because I normally don't do that. And the next morning we were supposed to go on the trek and my nose was running a lot. And I was still feeling quite worse for wear, oddly enough. And I said to my wife, we'll go on this trek. I think what we'll do is I'll walk about half an hour with you. I'll sit down somewhere. You carry on and do the trek. And then I'll just wait for you until you're done. And then when you come back, we'll go back to the accommodation. So she said, okay. So we went and had breakfast. And again, I was very indulgent on my breakfast. I had quite a few sugars in my tea, which I don't normally do. I just stick to the one sugar in the tea. Normally we'll avoid tea in the morning. You don't want to have caffeine, those kind of things. But I was quite indulgent and my wife's watching this and she's wondering why is he being quite indulgent and I'm actually even quite surprised with myself as well that I'm doing this. So I have the breakfast, I come back, we go on the walk and as we're going on the walk my nose starts to run even more. I'm sorry for the too much information on this but it, it's an important part of the story. But the more I'm walking, the further I'm going, the more my nose is running, right? And the more my nose starts to run, the better I'm starting to feel. That was the craziest thing about this. Normally, if you have a stomach upset, you know, and the more you go to the loo or the more you cough, the worse you generally tend to feel, right? And this is where it was really odd. I was actually starting to feel better. The more my nose was running, it was like whatever the toxins were, whatever it was in my body, it was like it was all coming out. And I could feel it intuitively, I could tell. This is all coming out. So I was actually enjoying the process. That was the thing that was the most bizarre. So we're doing this walk. We keep walking, we keep walking, we keep walking. Before I knew it, I'd done two hours of walking. I think I ended up doing like 11 miles of walking that day. It was like 26,000 steps. And I got home and I really thought, I really wondered if I was gonna be really ill the next day because I'd really pushed myself. And the next day, I was perfectly fine. I was actually better than the day before. And all my symptoms had gone, my runny nose symptoms had gone, the cough had gone, everything. And I was just perfectly upright. And despite having done so much trekking the day before, especially like, when your immune system is so depleted and then you really push your body, generally what happens is you get much worse the next day, right? And that isn't what happened with me. I actually got better the next day. And that for me then became a really interesting experience. I started to realize that, you know, when we have certain events in our lives, especially from when we're younger, you know, something happens to us, we have a car crash, we lose some money, whatever it is, something difficult happens. In that moment, when we interpret that event in a way that isn't the best opinion of Allah, right? 
So if you have a car crash, you think to yourself, oh my God, I've been punished here, or this was just so bad, or nothing ever goes right for me. It's not really a high opinion of Allah in that moment, right? And what happens with that is, that then becomes a trauma in the body. And when that becomes a trauma in the body, what happens is, you know, I've talked about this stuff before, chi stagnates in the body, like this bioelectricity in the body, as Dan Keown explains it. Dr. Dan Keown is an acupuncture specialist. That body, that chi, it just stagnates. And when we have a good opinion of Allah, that chi doesn't stagnate, right? So in the moment when bad things are happening to us, if we're able to have a good opinion of Allah in that moment when those things are happening, they don't become a trauma in the body. But if we don't have a good opinion of Allah in that moment in time, they become a trauma in the body. Now, when we're kids, we don't understand these things as well. So that's why a lot of traumas are present in adulthood that are from childhood. So, you know, obviously the, the common stereotype with psychologists and things that, you know, we need to get rid of childhood trauma and things like that is because we don't have the requisite wisdom to understand that as children that we need to have a good opinion of Allah in these moments. That's why there are certain events that take place. Like you notice there was a story about some kids that were stuck in a cave. And when they came out of the cave, it's an actual true story. You know, some children were left traumatized and some children weren't. And the scientists, they went back to meet the children after many years because it was a very, very traumatic event. You know, it was televised globally. It went on for a very long time. It was a very traumatizing event. There were a couple of children that actually came out of it okay. And the reason why they came out of it okay, like it didn't affect them in adulthood was because they told themselves a story in the moment, right? That this is an adventure, this is exciting, this is something good that's happening. And there was the children that told themselves a negative story that, you know, this is not good, I might die, you know, these kind of things. And, and it, you could understand that with children. You could understand why they might do that to themselves. But it's interesting that when you get the cheese stagnation, it actually has biological manifestations. I know stories of people who've had pancreatic cancer, who've had pain in their pancreas, who've had all sorts of strange issues, pain in the wrist. You know, I've started to realize that these traumas can actually contribute to a lot of biological ailments. It's not that they don't have biological causes as well, but there are aspects of this that have emotional roots. There are a lot of ailments that actually have emotional roots. And there are actually a number of scholars now that are talking about the fact that, you know, they take us back to this tradition of the heart, which is when there's one organ in the body, when that is sound, all the limbs are sound. And so when your heart is in a good state emotionally, then the limbs can be in a good state as well. And so a part of that is always having a good opinion of Allah, you know, and if there was any negativity in the heart and to clean ourselves of it, because that gets rid of ailments in the body. And I think that's why this technique also includes istighfars is because it's about asking Allah for forgiveness for not having a good opinion of him in that moment. That's why it becomes a trauma. It's like, it's almost like it becomes a punishment on our limbs, right? Not to get overly negative about this, but that's where this really comes from, I think. That's kind of my opinion on it. And there are other people of knowledge and wisdom that say that the nafs is responsible for a large part of a lot of the ailments that we deal with. And so if we can purify the nafs, then we can release a lot of disease and ailment from the body. If you want to learn more about this technique, I learned it from the University of Sufi Healing, which is a university in America. So they had some practitioners that taught me the technique over Zoom. I don't know if they still offer this, but you can definitely check it out. I think the university is based in Texas. I'll put a link below, but those are the guys that actually taught me this technique. And I'll put a couple of references in the description below as well. 